in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sogol. Today, we're reviewing the supernatural horror film, The Black Phone. This was based on the short story by Joe Hill, screenplay by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, and directed by Scott Derrickson himself. Uh, Scott Derrickson, a director who is uh, uh, no you know newbie to the horror genre. Uh, many of his big films have been horror-based. Uh, one that always has stuck with me was Sinister. That movie still creeps me out. Uh, another one that Ethan Hawke uh, was the star of. But uh, yeah, you know the big kind of late edition we knew him from was Doctor Strange. And he actually was attached to continue with Doctor Strange and do the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, eventually, he dropped out, and so at some point, he got back to his horror roots and directed this film, which was supposed to come out a little earlier. Pandemic stuff happened, so we had a couple different trailers going on, but it always looked very creepy and was intrigued to see what this whole film was about with Ethan Hawke and this creepy mask. So, Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of The Black Phone? So in this film, we have uh, stars an abducted teenager uh, who is kidnapped by this kind of serial kidnapper killer um they only known as the grammar and uh while he's kidnapped he uses this mysterious telephone the black phone title uh to communicate with these previous victims of his captor played by ethan hawk and he's he's using it to all the other kids who that were who has long since been kidnapped and killed and to as a means to escape uh meanwhile his uh, sister who uh Seems to have a bit of supernatural ability. She's trying to use her powers uh, to help find these kids. So it's a interesting premise right off the top. I like the idea that we have kind of. Um, I love these kind of creepy, you know, stories. Also, setting in the seventies, which was really great. Great and then time, having, yeah. And having that, you know, where there's no cell phones, there's you know, there's no social media, and it was, you know, where you still had that idea that oh, you know, kids can go out and walk their homes from school, and and people still had that no, no fear. Uh, as we do today. And, um, you know, having this supernatural element um, added to it was a nice little touch. And um, the fact that this was based off a short story, um, I always find that fascinating when you can come up with this great film based on such a short bit of material. Yeah, this this feels like it would be like a, it's like a, a companion piece to like the It franchise. Very where, Stephen King-esque. Yeah. You know, it's got that Stephen King style where there's this, horrific thing happening in the neighborhood but it's kind of set in reality you know we have this creepy guy that wears this mask and he lures kids into his van and he has these black balloons and so there's a little bit of a pennywise uh kind of linkage there but all of that is set pretty much in reality and we've seen those stories in the past and it's terrifying that this you know there's someone out there kidnapping kids and no one can find this guy but then the yeah the supernatural element of this phone and, you know, you could almost look at this whole movie as the phone actually has nothing. There's no reality to the phone. It's just this kid is slowly going through the the motions to kind of find his courage. I kind of like that this movie paints this kid as he's a good kid, likes to play baseball, and he's into, like, you know, astronauts and, and movies and television. 
He's got a rough family home. His mother has passed. Him and his sister definitely have an uh, abusive relationship with their father. The father is a drunk and clearly not a happy man after the you know wife slash mother has died. And bullies pick on him. And like you just see that the world is kind of not, he's not like the best situation, but I think he's a good kid. So you can almost look at this whole movie as, although there's these supernatural elements that kind of lead him to, there's this thing in the house, there's that thing there, you know, all these steps to kind of how are you going to get out of the situation? It's him kind of finding his own courage to step up and, you know, kind of be a man for a second. And I love that this movie has that. It has every element you can want from a horror movie. It is a rated R film because there is some language and there is some horrific scenes. But it almost felt like if you took away some of the gorier moments that there's there's only a few of them, it could have been like a PG-13 movie because there's not a lot of like language and it's more of the horrific images and a little bit of that gore. But this kid, I tell you, this kid is a great actor. Mason Thames, I hope I'm saying that right, Thames, Thames, who plays Finney, our lead character, and Madeline McGraw, who plays his sister Gwen. These two are going to be set up for a great career because they brought just a lot of emotion, a lot of just great acting. And especially this movie has a lot of scenes that are sometimes hard to act in as a kid uh, that I was pleasantly surprised to see how much they brought to the table. Because really, you have to kind of follow these two. For that you know, They're your focal point for the whole movie, especially Finney. Well, there's a lot of and there's a lot of scenes where they're kind of really playing by themselves. They're just it's, you know, especially where, you know, not to spoil anything, but some of the supernatural elements come in. They're really kind of playing uh, to themselves. They're not playing against uh, each other where, you know, um, Mason and Madeline, they, uh, Finney and Gwen, they don't have a ton of scenes together. Very in the beginning, a little bit. And then throughout the rest of the film, they're not really interacting. So I thought, yeah, 100 percent. And then, of course, the heroes in the story are only as good as their villain. You know, Ethan Hawke, man, what a revelation. I think it was very interesting, fun fact reading about him was that he was very, he's been very hesitant to play a bad guy or villain because he didn't want to be typecasted. But I think because of this, which I think adds to the level, this this uh, child serial killer slash kidnapper of children, he has these masks that he wears. So you don't really see Ethan Hawke's face throughout this film. And what I think is great is you know, instead of doing kind of the where they could have gone more of the clown element, which is more it, they have more of this kind of creepy devil mask. But every time they see in a different scene, it also kind of reminds me of Split a little bit where he has a different personality and his mask changes where he emotes a different emotion. Like he's like, oh, did you kill this kid? It's like, no, that was the other guy. It was like, oh, a little like really creepy. And I love those little those little scenes. And I almost wanted more of them. I wanted more of Ethan Hawke's character. It wasn't enough. And there wasn't enough backstory for me. I wanted more. I wanted more lore for the grabber. We get a little bit of answers throughout the movie, especially more towards the end, but not enough. And maybe it's sometimes that's done in a way because you kind of have to use your imagination of why this guy is, this is that where he's at in life, that he's kidnapping kids, killing them and everything. But I did like that element of the mask. The mask had like at one point a happy smile face. And then at one point it had no, no mouth at all. And then he had like the sad grumpy face and, just unique how that mask would have, you know, from basically the nose down was a, was separate pieces that could be changed. It was a clever way because his voice had to really come through and a lot of the acting, some of it would have to be through the eyes because he had times where he would just have the mouthpiece on, but you saw his actual eyes. So it is a hard challenge when it's like you're mostly not going to be seen. You know, we've seen that before with Tom Hardy and, as Bane and 
other characters where it's you have to do a lot of emoting with your eyes or just your voice. And Ethan Hawke was great in this. There's just a physicality, a creepiness. And, you know, after watching him in Moon Knight, I'm like, I can see this dude play a villain all the time because we've seen him have to do a lot in horror movies or other things where he has been the good guy. You know, he's survived. <laughs> you know, he's got to go through the purge sinister. He's done all these horror movies as as the the victim character. I liked seeing him in this. and I almost would want to see maybe even like a prequel to this or a side story where we see more of the grabber. Well, or even adding to maybe more supernatural elements. Uh, you know, um, I liked that someone had said they, they it was Pennywise meets Willy Wonka as a child killer. I was like, I was like, oh my God, that's totally right. I mean, and then you're, you're talking about the physicality when he just kind of like cocks his head to the side when he looks and it, but he has that voice and I don't think, and I think it's been very untapped. So I would, I, not only this, but I want to see him more in those more villainous roles because I think he has the voice and he knows how to really get into the character. But um, another thing I want to sh uh, give a shout out to is I love the cinematography for this, uh, especially a lot of these scenes where we have flashbacks where it's kind of a grainy film look or when you see some of these kidnappings, you don't see everything. It's almost like on that little millimeter camera that people are filming. I thought that was a nice little touch where this felt like, although this is a 2000, you know, released 2022, it could have been a movie years ago, you know, right around the time when like Halloween was released. It was really, I really like that, that focus. Especially when the grabber does get victims throughout the film. It always is like these creepy little, yeah, that grainy footage. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a solid film, great score, great music. The, the, the payoff, I think at the end was, was really strong. And even like, yeah, you know, I love the actor Jeremy Davies, who plays the abusive father. Uh, again, I like similar to Stephen King's work, these characters that are almost as horrific, if not more in reality than the monster or the the, the scary figure. Um, I will say the one it connection that was a little like, OK, well, duh, it's an actor from it. Chapter two. Yeah. yeah James Ransom, who uh, plays Max, who is this guy that he's been like. He's basically the equivalent of Charlie Day from uh, It's Always Sunny with all the like he's been solving. He's been trying to solve the case of the grabber. And it was a really <laughs> funny just like it, he didn't have a lot to do in the movie. But it was a funny side character where like the detectives would come over and he's like, OK, think about it. And he'd have this whole wall of photos and maps and evidence. Like kind of like a little bit of that humor in there. Uh, for being a more dark film. But overall, I really had a good time with this. I think it was a great cast, a great premise, something we haven't seen, uh, a great young cast. I think they're going to have a, a bright future. And just Scott Derrickson, I think, what, whatever the deal was with Doctor Strange, why he stepped away, who knows? That always comes down to creative you know, issues. But I liked what he did with this. I'm excited to see what he's going to do next because he, he's a great director. So for this, I'm going to give like an 8 out of 10. I had I had a good time with this. Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid 8.59 uh, to everything you said and more. And uh, they said that if this film does well, which looks like it's doing well, they could be working on a potential sequel. So I hope uh, that they do or even more into kind of this style. But one of what your thoughts are, I hope you all uh, enjoy this film as much as we did. Uh, you can, of course, check this out in theaters, The Black Phone. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. 
And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.